big finish sales event going on now at Bettenhausen Jeep on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Bettenhausen has hundreds of new Jeeps to choose from, including the all-new 2022 Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Your best Jeep buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Good morning, everybody. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Our producers, Tyler Aki, Jake Cantu, riding shotgun. You can reach us at 312-332-3776. Andrew Shaw will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. How you doing this morning, Brian? What do you, what do you know? Win streak. I feel like a win streak myself. You know, it's always nice to go streaking. That's that's what I like to say. Frank the Tank. Uh, so, yeah, three in a row. One of the more bizarre endings to a game that I I can remember. Uh, but I guess it was fitting, right? It was Andrew Shaw, I Love Shin Pads Night, Legacy Night. And we had this Kurashev crazy goal off his shin pads on uh, Thursday night. And they got it right question mark exclamation point um they did but i had to learn i had to learn some nhl rules yeah so like apparently if if a defender in this case it was mike hoffman a forward but if if they purposely or accidentally knocked the goal off its moorings and the puck uh does cross the line in this case the, the, the goal was dislodged. The puck was moving. It had still not crossed the line yet when the, when the goal was, uh, you know, pushed it wasn't back. Completely, it wasn't completely off the, the peg. The peg was like, it was right on top of the peg as, as I saw it crossing the goal. Yeah, I thought it was more back towards the glass. Mm. Uh, well, it depends which angle you were looking yeah, at. Yeah. And, and then, the, but the bottom line is it's, it's the referee's discretion. If, if they think that, uh, it it was on its way in or in they they allow the goal to be dislodged and so the, the bigger question was the offsides and Edzo was convinced that it was going to be overturned and the look on Kurashev's face kind of was he as he's watching the replays up on the big uh, jumbotron kind of he looked like he was resigned to the fact that it was going to be overturned so I was kind of resigned to the fact that it was going to be overturned although I thought you could really make an argument that. He was controlling the puck. Yeah, even though did yeah. he have possession of the puck? Yeah. And if you if you look and and stop it, freeze frame it when he first touches the puck. His right skate is above the blue line, and that is a new rule that has been added. Started last year, where the skate doesn't now have to be on the ice on the blue. It right. can be. It, it's an infinite line that goes up from the blue line airspace. to the airspace. Airspace, exactly. <laughs> So uh, we had these two crazy reviews that both go the Blackhawks way and they end up uh, pulling out their third straight victory. And look, COVID bug has really hit this team. No Doc, no Strom, no Seth Jones, no Jake McCabe, two of your top four D. It's been kind of a, a, a next man up mentality here the last week or so. Yeah, it sure has. And, and you know, you're lucky you're playing teams like Montreal, but 
Uh, I mean, how you won that game and how you got to overtime after being outshot was the second period. The you know just it, it seemed like you were never in your own your own, you know no, you're always in your own end. Yeah, brutal. Um, but that's that's I mean I guess we're accustomed to their wins come in in overtimes and shootouts because they just can't make it they can't make it easy. No, uh, no, because you look at. You know, their their loss, they should have went 3-0 and on that road trip. They lost to another last-place team in Arizona, and it was, you know, like a 6-4 game where there was a parade in the second period to yeah. the to the penalty box. Uh, and, and, and I kind of felt like we were going down that same road a little bit with Montreal yep. in the, the sense that you gave them all the momentum they could possibly handle in the second period when they, the ice was tilted uh, heavily in Montreal's favor, and they're you know they're the worst team in the league. So yes, uh, it was nice to see them pull it out. It was nice to see Patrick Kane get on the score sheet. He ends a thirteen game goal as Trout. December fourth was yeah that, that was the, the last. Date? Yep. Wow, I never. <laughs> I mean, it's getting to be like. I guess we now wait another couple months. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's been that kind of season, and the look on his face when it went in was like, okay, oh, I'll take that. So I, yeah, it wasn't a pretty one, but, like, yeah. thank God. You know, he leads the league, or he's tied for the league lead in posts and crossbars hit with eight. Wow. So, you know, we talk about puck luck. We talk about uh, things break. Like, you know, Debrinka two years ago had his uh, his – lowest output and his lowest shooting percentage. And that's what Patrick is dealing with this year. Uh, sometimes things just go your way. Like the other night, Debrinket misses an empty net goal and still gets it back and deposits it in, uh, you know, to to preserve the victory. Um, when things go your way, they just go your way. And when they're not, they don't. And and uh, in this case for Patrick, now I think part of it is is still dealing with the injury. We talked to him this week. He's not using that as an excuse at all. But but here is Patrick Kane on the, the frustrating season that he has been going through. This is his assessment of his play. Yeah, it's been frustrating. It's uh, probably been one of the more, you know, frustrating years for me personally uh, so far. So, um, you know, try to... Do what you can to get chances, and when you get those chances, try to capitalize. So, um, you know, obviously there's been, you know, certain looks here, there, hitting posts, like you said, but um, just try to get as many chances as possible and hopefully come through. So no excuses from 88. Uh, He does light the lamp on Thursday night, and, uh, you know, hopefully these things start to come in bunches, and, and even the most decorated first ballot, Hall of Famer, top 100 player of all time. Even they go through some confidence issues, and maybe this will jumpstart Patrick and and get him going here uh, before before the All Star break. Now he was asked if he considered having surgery to fix the undisclosed injury, and he said no. So I guess we can assume surgery would be able to repair the undisclosed injury and maybe the cost of the rest of the season. I don't, I mean, I still, we still don't really know what's bothering him. We just know something's bothering him, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's been reports uh, and I, I don't like to get into disclosing things that, uh, right, that he hasn't, that, that he hasn't yeah. talked right. about publicly. So I, I think, you know, 
people in the know know what it is, and uh, a lot of people believe that the reason why he did not have it surgically repaired is because he wanted to play in the Olympics. He was going to be one of the captains for Team USA, and that's the type of player Patrick is. He's the ultimate competitor. He he loves to, to be on that stage with the best players in the world, and uh, so that's why he didn't didn't have it done. That's the understanding that you know many of us have heard. Right. So now that that's off the table, it is. What well, is, I think it's I, off the I, table I mean, he, right now. I, I, I mean, he, no. I mean, the Olympics are off the yeah, table. Yeah. Well, here's the. I, my guess. My guess would be this: if if we continue down this road, you know, the team is about eight points out of the final wild card spot. If it's the end of February or we're into March and, you know, the trade deadline comes and goes and they're sellers as we would expect them to be and they, they you know, they still have six teams to jump in the wild card. Right. I would expect, again, this is just my guess, I would expect him to say if, if indeed the, um, the recovery time was needed, like if you need the extra month or two, uh, to make sure you're ready to go at the start of next season, I would think he would shut it down and have and have surgery. That would, if 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 indeed that's what this injury calls for. Well, that would be the prudent thing. I, I mean, I'm sure somewhere in the back of his mind, he doesn't want to look like he's bailing on a team right now. That yeah, you know, the playoff not. chances are sure. minuscule. Right. Um, oh, that's 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 100 percent right. Right now, but the other part of it, you know, again, we we keep talking about being sellers. Well. Would he be open to a conversation of being moved and obviously trying to to win a Stanley Cup with a contending team this year? And you keep that option open at least till the trade deadline comes and goes. Yeah, I mean, as we've discussed on this show we did last week, Patrick and Jonathan Taves have no movement clauses. They both have one year left on their deal after this season with a cap hit of uh, $10.5 million. Uh, those are conversations that Kyle Davidson, the interim general manager, or whoever takes over in hockey ops on that side of the ledger is would have to have with Patrick and with Jonathan and find out where they're at. I mean, and you know, to me, it comes down to how much longer they want to play. And, right. and my guess would be Patrick has plans on playing longer than Jonathan does. And do they want to end their career here? Do they? Because they're realistically, what, three to four years away from being a legit cup contender, something like that. Oh yeah, I three mean, to might four. be optimistic. That three might, would that be optimistic. Might be, but yeah. but uh, and and does their timeline fit with that? If John right. Johnny only wants to play two more years or whatever, he, he might say, you know what, you know what, I love it here, and I'd like to come back here in some type of role. When my hockey career is over, but yeah, I'll I'll go for a fourth. Um, here are the three teams that I would consider, and 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 in the process, help you guys jumpstart your rebuild a little bit. I'm not, yeah, but I'm not so sure what you would get for well, Jonathan Taves at yeah. this point, given his salary and given his production. I mean, you you get something, but I mean the the the, the two biggest assets would be well, you know, DeBrinket and Kane, and and. Mark Andre Fleury, but he's basically a rental player at this point. You've got my boy Alex. You're like heading over to his condo, and you've got like the moving truck, 
and you're just <laughs> it's a, you know what it's a hot market housing you know you can sell a house like in a day yes, so yeah it, it's it, before those interest rates go up the mortgage rates you might it might be prudent for him if but you, then you have to go buy a house which you know if you're on the then you're in a bidding war. If you so. take Alex to bring it away from this team, do you know the shell of a man I would be on that set <laughs> on a pre and a post game show without him? Now he's an all star. He is an all star. Patrick Kane, big stage. You talk about wanting the big stage. I'm I'm kind of glad that he's not an all star because he probably liked the break. But does he deserve to be an all star? That's our Twitter poll question today. You can go to the hockey show uh, on Twitter or ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago. Or, or your uh, your Twitter feed or mine, and and vote on that. Um, I would say that if you're going to have an NHL All Star game for entertainment value, I'd love to see Patrick Kane there. I'm not so sure that by his season, his frustrating season, he actually deserves to be an All Star. It's a great question. It's our poll question right now. You can uh, go check it out on Twitter. You can follow the show. Uh, at ESPN Hockey Show. Uh, it's at Brian Hanley 534. I am at Boyle NBCS. And uh, vote away on that. You can call us at 312-332-3776. Should Patrick Kane be an all-star? And what is going on with the NHL all-star selection process? I've got some marching orders from the National Hockey League about this. That is going to blow your mind, Brian. It is. Okay. It is so Gary Bettman. It's it's it's, it's so NHL. I remember covering the world versus North America. I mean, there have been so many iterations of trying to, yeah, and then the big pile of money, which I kind of like, you know, incentivizing guys to want to win these. It, it's just they they keep tinkering. Well, I can't wait to hear this. All right, NHL, you screwed it up again. We'll talk about it next on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Gustafson goes to Kane. Kane's at the front of the net. Kane looking back door. Here's the shot. He scores! Patrick Kane, who didn't have a goal in 13 games. How about that one? A bad angle rip. And this game is tied. That's the Hall of Famer, Pat Foley, with Patrick Kane's Goal the other night against the Montreal Canadiens at NBC Sports Chicago. Welcome back to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. I am Pat Boyle in our first Midwest Bank studios. Brian Hanley is riding along as well. And uh, Boy, Pat and uh, Edzo were all-star form the other night. They were. They were back together for the first time since last year, literally, before the holidays. And it was great to hear them. And... uh, we will have them both uh, back on this night when they take on the Anaheim Ducks at the uh, United Center. And that game, the coverage will begin at 7 o'clock tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. You brought it up before the break. The NHL All-Star Game is February 4th and 5th in Los Angeles. And as they've gone for now a handful of years, they, they have the three-on-three format. Which we I think we, we both like three-on-three overtime. It's changed a little bit this year. Some teams are like the Blackhawks are are getting creative with with how they are approaching three on three. But for the most part, we 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 like what three on three brings to the All Star Game. Where it hurts the All Star Game is in its roster construction, because basically it's broken down by division. You've got eight teams in a division. You've got eight skaters, usually seven forwards one defenseman, and two goalies. So it's Mm -hmm. basically one player per team. Well, you know, 
back in the cup winning days not too long ago, there was one all-star game where the Blackhawks had six, <laughs> six players go. So Alex Dabrinkit, congratulations to him, completely deserved the the nod that he got. His first ever all-star appearance will take place in Las Vegas. Seth Jones is a part of the last men in competition. So if you want to see Seth Jones in Vegas, go to NHL.com slash last men in and vote. And that's for, where you'll find most of your defensemen too, that, by that's, the way. That's true. But Kane is not selected. My issue is the players that we're not going to see at the NHL All-Star Game. We're not going to see Kane. We're not going to see Sidney Crosby. We're not going to see Artemi Panarin, Brad Marchand, Nazem Kadri, Roman Yossi, Tavares, Stamkos. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and so, I mean... The, the the NHL is always reactionary, right? They do oh, something yeah. and then they're like, oh, God, we, you know, we've got, you know, 11 first year players representing the West and there's backlash that's, that, that from fans that, you know, their favorite player is not in the game. So they, they talk to Emily Kaplan. Emily Kaplan does an amazing job for ESPN. She's based here in Chicago. You see her on, uh, on NHL games on ESPN plus. You see her on the point with Butchie. Uh, on the mothership. And so she put out a tweet this week because of the backlash about the rosters. And she says, just a reminder on NHL All-Star rosters work, they are selected by NHL Hockey Ops. That department is Colin Campbell, Chris King. And it isn't necessarily looking at players that are the most marketable or what makes sense from an entertainment perspective. There you go. Are you kidding me? Right. The whole point of an All-Star game is to sell your entertainment product. and yes. marketing your league, and By you the way, don't the consider jerseys, that the jerseys, are, the jerseys are nice. It might be. The, I mean, it's probably the best thing about this year. The, the throwback kind of retro jerseys. I, I'll get me one of them sweaters. But is that the most NHL thing? Yes. You, you, I mean, seriously, they do not look at players that are the most marketable or name what, recognition or yeah. what makes sense for entertainment perspective. I'm like that. That I literally. I mean, I've heard some some crazy things. That is crazy talk. And, <laughs> and and I mean, so so here's my solution, right? We got a problem. Don't tell me as as our buddy Tom Waddle says. Don't tell me how choppy the waters are. Tell me how to dock the boat. All right, here right. we go. Yeah. So you've got the skills competition, which is the day before. Right. I would put some players. That are of less stature, but deserve it. Had fantastic first halves to the season, up and comers, what have you. Maybe they're known for being really fast. Well, put them in the fastest skate competition. Yeah, let them shoot at the target. Maybe, on maybe the, on they're the goal, a yeah. sniper. Put them yeah. in the, the target shooting cop. Whatever. Maybe they're the best dangler in the world. Hey, eh. you know what? Uh, Zegris's goal. Uh, to Milano was was the talk of the league. Who we're going to see him tonight at the United Center. By the way. How about have that competition or, you know, like get creative, put players in the skills competition, but make sure your stars are Are in the all-star game. All caps. I mean, we don't take in consideration entertainment or marketing. I mean, what? I mean, what in the heck is going on? You have to love the NHL when it comes to this. I just... My 
goodness. So back to your original question. Does Patrick Kane deserve to be an NHL All-Star this year? By the numbers, probably not. I, I will say this, even though the goals have not been there, he still has 33 points in 33 games played. Correct. He's still a point-per-game player mm-hmm. on a on a offensively challenged team. And That's being very diplomatic. Alex, while he has the 23 goals, look at who has a bulk of the primary assists. That's it's 88. Right. Yeah. He's, he's currently on a six or seven game point. I mean, he's still is racking up the points. They're just not coming via the goals. We talked about him leading the league and in, in iron drawn so far with eight. Um, so by the letter of the law, statistically, no, he probably doesn't deserve to be there. But again, we had a 19 year old in Lucas Reichel make his NHL debut on Thursday night, the top prospect in the Blackhawks organization. His favorite player growing up when he was in Germany was Patrick Kane. See, and I don't think Patrick wants to hear that, is he? No. He just makes him no, feel but, old. But, how cool, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But, I mean, also, Patrick's 33. It's not like yeah. he's, you know, 47. No, I, I got you, yeah. Um, but how cool is that? Reichel's playing with his hockey idol on the same line uh, as he makes his debut. But I digress. The, the point I'm making is a 19-year-old in Germany's favorite player is Patrick Kane. If you watch the NHL entry draft like I do because I'm a dork and have no life, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, 40 to 50% of every kid, 17, 18-year-old from Saskatoon to uh, the, the Czech Republic, 50% of them say Patrick Kane is their favorite player. Th- that, he, he drives the engine. So he, he at least gets a call. And again, this may have happened. Things happen. Like, I'm sure the league called the Pittsburgh Penguins and said, look, uh, you know, does Sydney really, does he want to go? Because in, in years past, he's, he's tapped out. For right. various reasons. Right. And, and he may say, you know what? I, my goal is the cup, and I really could use the extra three days off. Even though it's Vegas, which Even though it's Vegas. But I mean, Patrick, selling point. They, they may have called the Blackhawks and talked to Patrick's representative or, right. and, or Pat Persson, his agent, mm-hmm. or whoever, sure. and said, look, uh, we could put him in the last man in competition. He'd probably win that going away. Does, does he want to go, um, you know? He may, because of the nagging injury, may say, I need those three extra. He, and you know what? He, he does need those three. But your, I, your point is so well taken. And it is so NHL that, you know, the, the, always the format always brings more backlash and blowback than it does people embracing it and wrapping their arms and say, boy, you got it right. And, like, who's better in three-on-three than Kane? Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, 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 it's so crazy to me. I you know I think he's so passionate about this. I think Merck needs to send the hockey show out to Las Vegas for All Star Weekend, and we can make this presentation to hockey ops and and tell them how backward they are. And, and you know, like you said, you here's how you dock the boat. You got to get this corrected. Well, when I hear their response, I, I really I wonder how this league keeps it going because when they say <laughs> we're not looking at players that are the most marketable. Or from a sense of entertainment perspective. Why would you want that? I'm like, wow, okay. So then why are you in Las Vegas? (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) it's all about marketing. It's all about entertainment, baby. Let's just bunch a bunch of first timers out there that you may never have heard of. (laughs) Let's leave the stars at home, kids.
Ladies and gentlemen, Wayne Newton to sing the national anthem. Oh, my God. Well, uh, Donka Shane. <laughs> coming up next, uh, we're going to talk to, uh, you know, one of the uh, Chicago sports treasures that we've had in this town here over the last decade plus. Won two Stanley Cups. He refers to himself as the mutt. Uh, he had his legacy night the other night. It was, boy, it was pretty cool. It was, it oh, was very terrific. cool. Oh. Uh, Andrew Shaw joins us next on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Strong for Boquist. He finds a brick and touch it across. There's Cage. Put it in front. Shaw! He scores! Oh, that cue up sweet Georgia Brown. I think all five guys might have touched the puck there. A couple of consecutive passes beautifully executed. Shaw, the tap in. 3 nothing. It was a special night at the United Center on Thursday night. Andrew Shaw Legacy Night. We're back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Thanks to our great sponsor, Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park. With Brian Hanley, I am Pat Boyle. It is our pleasure to bring in right now the two-time Stanley Cup champion, the man of the week on the west side, the one and only Andrew Shaw. Shazi, how are you doing this morning? Doing pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me on. So because of COVID, you were not able to get a proper send-off into uh, retirement. What was what was Thursday night like for you and your family? Oh, it was a very special moment. Uh, the Blackhawks are such a classy organization. You know, put on a show for, for me and my family. Spoiled us rotten. Um, put us in a box. A bunch of food and beer and, and let us enjoy the night. But to be able to say goodbye to the fans uh, in that you know, setting was uh, very special for sure. And Andrew, you know, a legacy night for a guy who's 30 years old and looks like he could go out there and take as many shifts as they needed to, to right now. I mean, you're looking like you're in playing shape. It just seems also weird. Have you settled in to kind of accepting that, you know, the concussions were the, you had to make that decision because, uh, you know, life outside of hockey is much more important than the game itself. But it just seems weird that your career could have gone another decade. Um, it is. It, it's awful. Um, you know, my body, other than my head, feels great. Uh, I'm in great shape, and I continue to, to to stay in good shape. But the head was the issue. Um, I think everybody knows I played a physical, gritty game, and I wasn't scared to put my body on the line. And just too many bumps uh, to the head, and just the the what I had to go through to get better after every concussion wasn't a great. Uh, a way of life, uh, you know, doctors' visits and rehab clinics over and over again, and it just seemed to be a pattern. So the doctor told me that he thinks it was time for me to stop. I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't feel too bad about that because I got to play ten years in the NHL, have a great career, win two Stanley Cups, which having those cups I think made it a little bit easier to retire. Um, but it is, it's tough to see. But I, I have moved on. I got great support uh, back home with my my wife, my kids, and my family and friends. So, uh, just trying to find time to, um, you know, to move on. But I look, I like to look back and, and remember the amazing ten years I had. When you're in the moment, it seems like it's going by slow. But after ten years, it seems like it flew by. So I just try to look back and enjoy you know, those special moments uh, again. And a lot of those special moments flashed on the United Center Jumbotron. And I, first of all, uh, stick tap to you for keeping it together. Because I, I, 
I thought you were going to get a little misty eye. I thought it was going to be a little dusty out there. But you you, uh, you kept it together. I'm a pretty big boy, Pat. I, uh, I waited until I got home and was in clo- behind closed doors before I started crying. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was also fitting that, you know, when they're – We've got the I Love Shin Pads t-shirts that were being uh, sold, and uh, we, we know that's probably your most famous goal, along with the header no goal, which was against the Anaheim Ducks, who they're playing tonight, which we will probably have on the pregame show tonight when you jump on. Um, I thought it was fitting that we had the Kurashev crazy finish, two reviews, and it bounces off his shin pad and slides through the blue. I mean, that was... That was a that was quintessential Shawzy type ending, wasn't it? Oh yeah, gritty, not not too pretty. Uh, you know, those overtime goals sometimes. Uh, well, late in playoffs, it's it's always the ugly ones that find the uh, find the back of the net. But you know, he made a great move at the blue line and, and took it in, and you know, he drove harder than that, like uh, like I would back in the day, and you know, he was rewarded for that. Where do you learn that? That I guess it's a skill, but it's just that courage to play in the in the tough spots on the ice. And you know, this Hawks team probably could use a little bit more of that. But uh, what when was that instilled in you? Uh, I think a young age. Uh, I grew up with two brothers, so we competed in uh, for everything. So I think that just added to my gritty um, character that I have. And you know, you could, a guy like me, not a lot of skill. Um, not a lot of speed, not a lot of size. I had to find a way to adapt and, and find a, a career in hockey. And I think, uh, you know, it suited me. It suited me. I'm a, I'm a tough kid. I, I can handle cuts and bruises. And uh, I don't mind putting in that dirty work. You know, I come from a blue-collar family. Uh, so I think it was just engraved engraved into me, you know, as a, a young boy. When you're back uh, in Canada and you're uh, you're making dinner for your daughter Andy, your son Dax, and your wife Seanette, uh you're also keeping an eye on on the game. Uh, and and one of the players that you have bonded with is Brandon Hagel. Part of it is because of the similar styles you guys play. I assume you've said he has you know a little more skill or what have you. But but he talked about he said one you're one of his best friends. What types of things do you text him or call and say to him? Because it it wasn't like you guys were teammates for a long period of time, but like you've been kind of mentoring him a little bit. And I was curious what you say to him. Well, first off, I just you know fell in love with the type of guy he is. You know, he's a small town kid from Canada, a lot like myself. Uh, likes to smile, laugh, have a good time. So I. That's what brought me, you know, towards him, and, and I think just his style of play, where he's, you know, good on the forecheck, he's good at getting pucks back and, and going to those dirty areas. And I told him, "Hey, look, you know, a guy like myself uh, made a, a ten-year career out of it and had a lot of success in the NHL. I think you could do that and more." And you know, I just—he's a nice kid. Like I said, he likes to smile, have a good time. So I think that's what brought me close to him. And, you know, I think we grew up sort of the same sort of lifestyle. Um, just a genuine guy. So I want to see him succeed. And I know there was, you know, critics saying that he would never play in the NHL. And I had that my whole life. And that's what makes us who we are. And I don't know. I just want to see a guy like that succeed and have fun with it along the way and create memories and friends like I did. 
Bob Verde, the great Bob Verde, uh, wrote a wonderful piece on Blackhawks.com about uh, your night the other night. And the headline, he was great in the room where he kept things loose and great on the bus where he kept things loud. Uh, beyond all the talent on those cup teams, the chemistry was certainly there. Um, how special was that to, you know, from guys like Hosa to Taves and Kane and uh, Boffin? I mean, everyone played a role and, and some larger than others, but I mean, what a group of guys that seemingly uh, outside looking in really were a close knit group. Yeah. I, that core group that they had when I came in was amazing. You know, you got superstar after superstar, hall of famer after hall of famer. And, you know, I did, I wanted to find my place and I just tried to be that light, funny guy in the locker room to, to keep, you know, things light. Cause you're going to have ups and downs in a season, but you know, it's, uh, when we stick together that we get through them a lot quicker. Um, I don't know. I like to have fun. What can I say? I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up with a big family and, a lot of joking around and bugging each other, so I just brought that into the ever, everyday life of a hockey player. Two-time Stanley Cup champion Andrew Shaw joins the hockey show on ESPN 1000. With Brian Hanley, I am Pat Boyle. Now you have some fun on NBC Sports Chicago. You'll be there tonight uh, as we get ready for Blackhawks and Ducks at 7.30. Um, and you were also back in studio at the beginning of the season, which seems like a, a you know years ago. <laughs> Uh, what's the biggest difference you've seen from the team that started this season to the one that has climbed their way back to within a few games from being a 500 team? Well, I just think it was consistency. They weren't playing great in you know in front of their goaltending. They weren't playing as a team. I just find everything's moving as one now. Um, you know, start the season one and nine is, is really hard to come back from, but they've been doing a really good job. You know, they're fighting, they're competing. I just think all round in their game is, is just improved over time. And I think Kinger coming in is a part of that. I think, uh, you know, it's going to continue to improve as the year goes along. And I think guys are also getting more comfortable. You know, we have a lot of new faces coming into the organization. And when you do that, you got new system, new teammates, a uh, new surrounding, a new home. And, you know, it, sometimes it takes a bit to uh, adapt to that. Yeah, Derek King certainly has gotten got this team playing much more competitive hockey. Or even when it seems like the game's lost, they, they find a way to make it interesting and claw back if they don't win the game. Um, well, of the coaches you played for, even uh, before you got to the NHL, what what values or what 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 do you look for in a coach to to be successful at this level? Well, someone that you can speak to, someone you can talk to, someone's approachable. Um, but again, someone who has the respect of the players. Uh, you have to respect your coach. You have to uh, listen to them. You got to do what they say and buy into their system. And give them a chance to uh, to show you, you know, what they can do as well. But um, a coach that respects the players is is huge as well. I always find ex players make uh, great coaches because they've been through the everyday life. They know how exhausting and tiring it is. So. I think that respect mutually is huge as well. Andrew, you were a, a player who um, not only went to the dirty areas and tried to, to pull out wins for your team, but you like to have fun doing it and you uh, enjoyed the entertainment side of the game. Uh, that, to me, is what the NHL All-Star Game is all about. Entertainment, marketing this fantastic game to maybe to people that don't watch it. That's why we see the three-on-three format. But because of the three-on-three format and basically one player per team, 
We've got guys like Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, Artemi Panarin, Brad Marchand, Nazem Kadri, Roman Yossi, Stamkos, Tavares, all not participating. Do you think we need to change this selection process? My solution was have some of the guys play in the skills competition on, in this case, the Friday night, and make sure your stars are on the ice for the All-Star game on Saturday. I agree with you there. Um, I know like I, I've never been in that situation where I should be in an All-Star game, but I know it, it means a lot to guys. Uh, you know, they work hard. They can... They compete. They push their bodies to the limit, you know, for opportunities like that. Uh, so it, it's sad to see guys like that not in the All Star game. But then again, you get some guys who don't mind the break. So I, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe have some people do the skills and others play the game. I think that would probably be the best. Or you could just have you know announce an All Star team and and do away with the game itself. <laughs> I don't know, but, but the trip to Vegas, uh, yeah, I th- I'm still pushing for Pat and I to get out there and do the yeah. show out there for All Star. Yeah, keep weekend. pushing; that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going out there, but I'm going to visit a friend. But I'll be around there that weekend, and I'm sure it's the whole production the NHL puts on a lot of. You know, cool things to be a part of. So I, I know players missing out on that wouldn't be too happy. Well, it's going to be cool to see Alex Dabrinkit in his first All Star game. From the first time you saw him to now, are are is any part of you surprised that he is knocking on the door of being a superstar in this league? It's not a surprise to me at all. Um, he's always one of the first guys on the ice, one of the last guys to leave, and you know, for being an All Star. He's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. He's not afraid to work and compete and get dirty. And I think that's why he's so successful. He is a, a, a shorter guy, but he plays with a big heart. He plays, you know, plays big, plays strong, and he's having success. And of course, his shot is unbelievable. And he seems to know how to put himself in such good positioning where he can get that shot off. And you saw Lucas Reichel up the other night, and the plan is to just give him a taste and send him back to Rockford so he can continue to mature physically and in hockey IQ and everything else. Um, is that is that the way? Is is patience the virtue here, or have they rushed some guys up before, like Kirby Doc, because they needed to? It, what's when do you know a kid's ready, no matter the age? Well, I, I, it's hard to tell when a kid's ready. You never really know. Um, you don't want to just throw him into the wolves. You could ruin a career that way, too. But I talked to Mark Bernard the other day at the rink, and he told me uh, Eichel's been playing amazing down there. And, you know, to get his opportunity to play his first game was probably very special for him and his family as well. Um, but, again, he's young. He needs needs time to develop. Um, but, you know, a few more games in the minors or half a season or whatever it is, I know he's going to get more opportunity this year, I'm sure, to play in the NHL. Um, and when when he gets there, gets that opportunity, I know he's going to want to be ready. So, you know, getting his looks and everything down in the minors uh, is never a bad idea. Shazi, the biggest compliment I think that could have been thrown your way came from uh, our uh, teammate Kaylee Chelios, Chris Chelios' daughter, who's with us on NBC Sports Chicago. She's also on the radio. She's held every hat imaginable part of the Blackhawks broadcast team this year. Uh, she could not use her normal babysitter on Thursday night. Guess why? <laughs> why? Be- because 
the babysitter wanted to be at Andrew Shaw Legacy Night. So she said, I can't I can't watch your kids. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, just to see all the Shaw jerseys in the crowd was amazing. I know I I got such a following here in Chicago and, you know, the love feels amazing. But just a small, you know, a small town kid coming into a big city and, and feeling that love. Uh, it was it's special. Um, you know, uh, I respect it. I love that I get it. Um, and I think I understand why I get it. You know, I think they love my blue collar mentality on hockey and life. And you find a lot of that here in Chicago and, you know, uh, people seem to love me, I guess. Yeah. Well, you should never, ever have to pay for a beverage and, and, or, <laughs> and or a steak over at Chicago cup for the rest of your life. So, uh, I appreciate I appreciate that, guys. All right. We uh, look forward. I'll see you later on uh, this evening when we uh, do a little pregame show, and we'll reminisce about Thursday night and uh, get ready for Blackhawks and Ducks, all right? Thanks wait to see right. you wait till you see what Pat has in store for you. You think the Hawks put on a good show? Pat's really going to yeah. top it. Yeah, right. I, I got a whole video tribute. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be something. Can't wait. Just copy and paste, right, Pat? You got it, Shazi. That's Andrew Shaw joining us on the Hockey Show. Uh, he's got now in the TV business. We're back to wrap things up on the hockey show after this. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball, Chicago's Big Ten team. Coach Collins and the Cats host Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, and more in Big Ten play. Buy tickets now at nusports.com. One timers. One timer by Appleton. It's gone. On the hockey show. One time shot. On ESPN 1000. One more time. One timers on the hockey show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. Our thanks to Andrew Shaw, who uh, just joined us on the show. If you uh, if you didn't catch it, you can uh, always listen to the podcast, uh, the ESPN Chicago app, just like our buddy and Rick in Los Angeles does each and every week. Uh, what's your one timer this week, Brian? How about Alex Ovechkin? Uh, you know, guy who life's never cheated, Alex, or he <laughs> he's always enjoyed himself on and off the ice. And at times he can rub people the wrong way. But look at this guy. I, there was a question whether he would play today uh, against the Islanders, but he hasn't missed a game all season. He has an upper body injury, um, and he's going to be out there apparently. And look at the year seven, 52 points, 24 goals, 37 games. It, you know, as I said, hasn't missed a game. You really have to t- tip your cap to a guy who just keeps showing up and doing it at such a high level. Um, you know, I didn't even know he'd still be playing at this point. No, uh, no, because it, it, and we've said this before. It's not like he comes from the the Tom Brady school of uh, no. of self preservation. You know he what I mean? The Duncan Keith workout routine. Yeah, no, right? no, no. He's not like Patrick Kane every summer trying to find another way to reinvent themselves and take their game to the next level. He's I mean, not we all hot Pilates or hot yoga. Yeah, no, we, we 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 all saw that after they beat Vegas in the Stanley Cup final the Capitals a few years back to win uh nobody celebrated more with Lord oh, Stanley man. than Alex Ovechkin. And, and that that's saying something probably yeah. in the history of Lord Stanley, right? And so when you consider that he is I think he's going to break Gretzky's goal scoring record. And I don't think it's even going to be, honestly, that difficult when you look at the numbers. I, I think, you know, if he just averages somewhere around 35 to 37 
over the next you know, now four years, I, I think he's got it. And I don't think it's going to be that difficult. The The other thing is too. how about the way he's been being marketed that by far that commercial with Backstrom where he's sitting on the couch and his wife's like, why is he always over here? Why is he always <laughs> here for breakfast? It's like, why is he on our insurance policy? I mean, it's hilarious. And, yeah. that, and that's another example for the NHL. Marketing your stars. You can market your stars even if English is not their first language. And, and like Artemi Panarin it could, could be marketed just the way uh, Pasternak is and just the way Alex Ovechkin is. Hey, soup and a sandwich was a start, right? It, sure. Yes, it was. It was terrific, right? It, it just, you know, you get some creative people and, and they're willing and the guys have got good sense of sense of humor no matter what their native language is and it works. Uh, coming up. It's going to be uh, you and Jesse, Jesse and Hanley, getting everybody ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. Are you ready for that? Well, Jesse, Jesse was at the Bulls game last night. Now, what happened there? Other than well, I I don't think he went Wednesday. I don't think he went Wednesday. So both of those are on him. But I'm going to, and for a guy who thought the Bulls were bought into all the stuff that they were going to play better defense and learn from Wednesday, and they were embarrassed. So I, I I went to my uh, sportsbook app and bet that they would hold the Warriors to under 112.5 points. And about 10 minutes into the game, I knew that bet was, <laughs> that as we say, happen. dead. Uh, uh, yeah, we, but we got plenty. I mean, we, the Bears have had a full week of interviews, oh and so far goodness. the lists the lists are, the lists are good, even though they seemingly are going to hire a coach before they hire a GM, which usually doesn't work. So we got Bears talk. We've got Paul Sullivan, the great Paul Sullivan from the Tribune who was also at the Bulls game last night. We'll have thoughts on John Lester, the baseball talks, uh, the Bulls certainly uh, front and center. I mean, is it is it panic time or is this reality check time? They're still atop the Eastern Conference, but national TV blowout after blowout, not so good. So it's Jesse and Hanley coming up next till uh, 1 o'clock. They'll get you ready for everything going on in Chicago sports. They'll, uh, they'll dissect that debacle that is the Hallis Hall search right now for... Ooh. Uh, a new general manager and a new head coach. My thanks to Tyler Aki, Jake Cantu. Our thanks to two-time Stanley Cup champion Andrew Shaw for joining the show. Brian, have a good one with Jess. I'll be listening. And, uh, we'll and see. I'll be watching on the TV tonight. We'll see as the Hawks try to go for four straight wins. We'll have the coverage for you at 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Chicago. That's it for the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. See you next time.